The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Ecclesia, it's Advent, and you know what that means, Christmas is near, and I'm speaking to you from South America, and there is nothing quite as discombobulating, I haven't used that word in a while, as Christmas in South America. It's summer, and uh, Santa Claus is running around. It's, uh, can you imagine, like that's a pretty lousy job at a suburban Houston mall, but if you gotta be out in the heat of Argentina wearing your Santa Claus outfit, that's a, that's a rough job. And yet, what I want to tell you about today is that we have a really beautiful Christmas taking place for some of our dearest and most beloved friends in Argentina, specifically in a place called Chaco. And I can't wait for my friend Marcelo to tell you more about these people and this amazing gift. Many of you know, about 14 years ago, we reconsidered the way that we would celebrate the birth of Christ. We call it Advent Conspiracy. And for us, as we anticipated Christ's birth, we realized there were a lot of things that needed to change. Uh, and one was that uh, the kind of gifts that we would give, specifically uh, that our best gift, our most important gift in the Christmas season, the kids knew it, right? The kids explained it to us. If I had a birthday party and we gave gift bags to everybody, but nobody gave me a gift, the kids said, man, I wouldn't feel so good. That wouldn't be great. And we learned that because this is Jesus' birthday, our best gifts for sure, no doubt, ought to go to Jesus. And in the earliest days of Advent Conspiracy, at the early times of our life as a church at Ecclesia, we decided that the most important gift that we could give would be to give clean water to people in the name of Jesus. And I wanna tell you today why we think that's a great gift. When I was growing up, I, um, one of my favorite places to be was at my grandmother's house. There were a lot of reasons. Uh, they loved us, they cared for us, they always had the sugary cereal that we weren't allowed to have at our house. There were a lot of good things going there, but one was that my grandmother loved to bake and, uh, and kids loved to eat. And uh, one of my favorite rituals uh, when she was baking is that she would have whatever batter in her big mixer, it was a Hobart mixer, I'll never forget it, this kind of off-white mixer, and we'd get to lick the spoon of whatever uh, she was making in that. And I remember always seeing that mixer. And, and at some point in my life, she said to me, uh, this mixer, we've had it now for, I think then it was like 55 years. Uh, we got it as a wedding gift. And I remember asking her, who gave you that gift? Like, that's a great feeling to be a person that gives someone a gift, maybe for their wedding. And 55 years later, they're using that gift like my grandmother did multiple times a week, right? She loved that mixer. It just lasted and was there for a long time. And when we give gifts, it's amazing to give a gift that people are actually gonna use, gonna be blessed by for many years to come. When we take people to Holy Land, the first thing that we do, our very first visit, is to a city called Nablus, to an ancient well. That well, was dug by our great, 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 at a bunch of them, about 20 times more, grandfather Jacob. And one of my favorite things is that we get to, uh, we drop the bucket um, and we pull up the water. And then after we've all drank this really cold, amazing, clear, pure water, we'll pour a little bit back into the well. And you can tell 
it's a deep well. It goes down a long way. It's one of the reasons that the water is so cold. Even in the summertime, the water's really cold because the water comes from such a deep level. And there's something about being in that place and remembering the story of Jacob. In Genesis 33, um, it tells us that Jacob finally left his father-in-law Laban. Now, many of you may remember, Jacob worked for 14 years for his father-in-law Laban um, for free um, so that he would allow him to marry his daughters. Then he worked for another six years for wages of livestock and cattle. And after 20 years, he decides to go home, face his brother Esau, and they reconcile, which is a beautiful thing because Jacob made some mistakes early on. And Esau did as well. They all made mistakes like most of our families. And then Jacob goes and he uses what he has to buy a piece of land. He builds an altar to the Lord. It tells us in Genesis 33. And I believe the next thing he did after that, because he knew it was important for his livestock and his family, was he got to work digging that well, Jacob's well. Ecclesia, one of the things we know about Jacob is that he was a hard worker. He wasn't perfect, but he worked hard. And because he worked hard, his father-in-law, Laban, was really blessed. He made him a rich man. Now, Laban didn't treat him very well, but once he left and started on his own, I believe he knew the first thing he needed to do to prosper in that new piece of land, in their new home in Canaan, in Sikar, in Nablus historically, was that he needed to work hard and dig as deep as he could dig to get a water well that would function there. And can you imagine almost well, more than 3,000 years later, we had three millennium that had passed and I can still go to that water well and pull water out of it. Ecclesia, I don't know if you realize, but over the last 14 years, we've done some amazing work together. We started as a small church, but we realized we wanted to give our best gift to Jesus. And we have drilled so many water wells, small ones in India that serve little communities, big ones in Nigeria, $100,000 water well in Nigeria that, uh, that funnels water to five different points. We've done big water capture systems, some amazing things. And I gotta tell you today, I'm so proud of you. Over our history, you have given more than $5 million to clean water. I think that's a beautiful thing. That means in terms of new water points at this point, we have drilled 478 new water points. Now we've rehabbed and fixed some wells, we bought some drilling equipment, we've done a lot of other things to help bring clean water to people, but 478 new water wells. I wanna tell you the story of the first one and the most recent one. The very first water well that we drilled was after a visit to Liberia when we saw the need and I got to look into a dirty swamp that whole communities were drinking water from. I heard stories about um, the kids that were dying because they were drinking that dirty, swampy water. And we took action together. I, if you don't mind, let me take you back to young Pastor Chris and let him tell you a little bit about that first water well before it was ever drilled. One of the um essentials of the incarnation of real missions is that you live among people and you eat what they eat and you drink what they drink. As we gathered around this well, somebody asked me if I was going to take a drink. I, I couldn't put my hands in and take a sip from this well. One of the men standing next to me lost his child um, who became sick and within six hours died because his children are all drinking from this water a stagnant swamp. I told them, and I, I hope I'm 
telling them the truth that I hope to be back here when a well's completed and share a glass of water with them then. As I get home, there are all kinds of things that are pressing for my time. There are bills to be paid. There is work to be done. There are people that have expectations uh, that they want me to meet. And um, at times, this place could become really distant, like a whole other world, a world that I don't live in. But the truth is, uh, the truth of the gospel is that um, I was made to be a part of work like this. Uh, God created me and created you so that we could see redemption take place, so that we could come to a place and see dirty water and we could come back three months, six months, a year later and see kids that were healthy and well and thriving and we could share a cup of tea or a glass of water. Um, I hope to be back here. I hope you see redemption in those same ways that the places that you walk, you see pain and you see struggle and you see sin and you see despair and you decide not to look down on sin and despair, depravity or sickness or illness, but instead you say, I'm gonna be a part of seeing redemption take place there. The average family in the US spends about $800 on Christmas. I wonder if you remember what you bought last Christmas. I wonder if it's around, if it's in the kitchen, still hanging in your closet. I know that here, if about 20 families gathered together and spent that money instead to drill a deep water well, that that well would be here for years and years to come and that children wouldn't be sick and families wouldn't be suffering. As I look at all the things on my Christmas list and I can imagine many of the things on your Christmas list, nothing on that list seems nearly as important. The question for me and the question for you is will we do the right thing? I'm hopeful that we will, and, um, but we'll face the same problem the next Christmas and the next, but I, um, I hope that at least when I look into this place and this stagnant swamp that these families are drinking from, that I won't throw my money away at a time that we celebrate the birth of Christ. So Ecclesia, when I shared that news with you, all of you as a church, some of you around then, it was a beautiful thing, you rallied. We were able to drill those water wells and you know what, I was able to fulfill my promise to the chief in that village and I was able to come back and we drank tea together, one of the best days of my life. We laughed, we ate and you know what, that community was a different place. When we went in, it literally felt like a nonstop funeral. People were desperate, they were hurting. We went back and I thought, this is the same, I went back, I saw the same swamp, I saw the new water well, but you know what, a church had been built and the kids were going to school and everything had changed. Can you believe that we're about to, this Advent, if we're faithful in our gifts, we're gonna cross 500 water wells that are drilled. As much as I wanna take you back so that you can experience the first water well, it's even more fun in some ways to hear about the most recent water well. This is your Christmas gift to the people of Argentina, the native people that live in Chaco. I couldn't believe to hear an, a story uh, from a man who uh, told us that as a young boy, he looked in the eyes of his pastor. I think he was seven years old. 
and he'd been walking five miles to get water as long as he could remember. And he told his pastor, he said, one day there are gonna be good people, they're gonna come here and they're gonna drill a water well for us. Now, it's been quite a few years, but that little boy is now the pastor in that community. He's in his late 30s and he got to see uh, that prophecy fulfilled uh, before his eyes as this Christmas emerged. A gift from the people of Ecclesia and La Mission here in Buenos Aires. My good friend, Marcelo Robles, he's been down to preach at Ecclesia many times. He's our partner and friend in the work that we get to do in Argentina. I wanted him to tell you about the backstory of why this is such an important water well and an incredible Christmas gift. This is one of the most uh, difficult areas to live of Argentina and in South America. Many hundreds of thousands of people live in the area without water or with little water that comes from the rain because the water that is in the surface is contaminated with arsenic. And uh, there are no wells in the area for many, many hundreds of miles around. 45 years ago, my dad was a missionary and a church planter in this area. And uh, he was sent in the times of the dictatorship in Argentina, he was sent to jail and he was tortured. And uh, we thought he was dead. But then we found out that he was the only survivor of a number of people. And uh, eventually he was set free. And when we came out of that area, of the country, we were welcomed by the people of this province, the province of Chaco. They welcomed us, they loved us, they protected us, they gave us food. We were with nothing, we, lost ev we had lost everything. Somehow God used that to, for me to grow a compassion and a heart of gratitude to these people that didn't have anything but they gave us everything to us. They didn't know us, they gave us food and shelter. And uh, many years in my heart, I was thinking about ways to help and to, to give back to what I received. One day I met uh, Pastor Chrissy and I heard about Living Waters and what they were doing. So we started talking 10 years ago. We prayed about doing something specific in this, in this part of Argentina. And uh, it took us five years to really plan this, to make this happen. And uh, three months ago, it really happened. God provided through Living Waters and through Ecclesia and all the friends that God provided for us to be able to dig the well. The people celebrated today. Everybody came, we had a barbecue and kids playing in the, in the, in the water uh, and people just celebrating. Uh, I just a few minutes ago, I had the, the opportunity to say a blessing and, and uh, met the pastor, uh, meet the pastor that will take uh, the ownership and the administration of uh, this water well for the whole community. Uh, so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't hold my tears to, to see God's grace, that we can provide this water for this community, it's uh, unbelievable. Uh, we praise the Lord for this, and I say by faith 
This is the first of many water wells that we'll be able to get here in this, in this, uh, in this province of Chaco. God bless you. Thank you again. Ecclesia, isn't it amazing that the very people that blessed Marcelo and his family, when they were in a time of need, uh, they were in a place of danger. They were in a place that they were really vulnerable. These people loved them and reached out to them. Isn't it beautiful that we get to go back and give a gift? And that that gift, maybe it'll be like Jacob's well. Maybe it'll last, right, 3,000 years. Wouldn't that be amazing? It could, it literally could. If it's cared for well, it could be providing clean water to people in that community 3,000 years later. I think that's a beautiful thing. I've told you before that I believe injustices are passed down through generations, that if there's an injustice, what happens is it actually affects multiple generations. I told you a story about how my grandfather had a, a massive amount of money stolen from it. It was his whole retirement. And so at a young age, I started to care for him, send some money to him and to my grandmother. And, uh, many in our family leaned in to care for them. And now my daughters are off at college and I've always wondered if that man hadn't stolen from him, if I uh, would have put some of that money in a college fund and didn't need to be caring for them, um, what would have happened? It'd be different. I'd have more money to send them to college. I'd be in a different place, right? And injustice that happened to my grandfather instantly affects at least three generations. You see how that works? This, this is the good news. Now, the hard news is that greater injustices have an even more profound effect. And so what we have to do are be a people that fight injustice. But what I gotta tell you, I also believe that great gifts and blessings, that they pass down even more generations. That when we give a great gift, that it just lasts. It keeps giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. So this year, if we pull together, we, we give generously and we love Christ with all of our hearts this Christmas. We're gonna pass the mark of 500 water wells drilled, more than 500 that will be out there giving and giving and giving for generations. Like the kids in Liberia that are now healthy and strong. They're worshiping Jesus in their local church. I don't know what could be better, Ecclesia. I don't know what could be more fun. I hope that in a few years, we're talking about a thousand water wells and that together we just realize that giving like this, it just never gets old. It's beautiful. I could go back to the one in Liberia. I can't wait to be able to go to the one in Chaco and see how it's doing in five years and 10 years because God's called us to a beautiful mission. So let's focus our hearts as we prepare for what God's gonna do in us this Christmas. So as encouraged by Pastor Chris, let us focus our hearts and be prepared what God is going to do through us this Christmas. Shall we pray? Almighty God, thank you for the gathering of your people here this morning. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of a community that stretches across the world. Father, I just pray that you would open up our hearts to what you have for us here and abroad. Lord, make your presence tangible to us as we prepare for the coming of your Son at Christmas. I lift this up in your name. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. I am Mike Mantell, and as President and CEO of Living Water International, I serve as your partner bringing clean water to the most difficult, driest, hardest, most remote places on earth. These are the places that Ecclesia resides, places like Chaco in the jungles of Argentina, outside of Monrovia, Liberia, 
you make an impact in places like this. I am also a part of this community. My wife, pictured on this screen, compliments of Kirby, this beautiful picture just a day after we saw Jacob's well, the 3,000-year-old well, we were enjoying a glass of black tulip. My daughters, whenever they're in town or available, they come to Ecclesia. That woman in the middle is Elizabeth. She and her husband, Nick, serve in the children's ministry. They have for years. And then they caught something. Around here, there's something contagious called pregnancy. <laughs> and I'm going to celebrate with Natalie, our first granddaughter in March. We love being a part of this community and helping to extend this community uh, throughout the world. Did you not love young Pastor Chris? He reminds us that this journey we are on of justice and mercy takes years. This community has been actively engaged in bringing clean water throughout the world for 14 years, over $5 million invested in 478 water wells. Because of the way Ecclesia celebrates Advent, 150,000 people, formerly thirsty people, now have access to clean water. I want to thank you for your extravagant generosity as you worship Jesus throughout Lent, changing the world with water in the name of Jesus. I, uh, um, I am so impressed with the story of Marcelo. I was with Marcelo and Chris earlier this year. We were doing an advanced trip for Chaco. I still am drinking mate, the green Argentine tea. I am still enjoying Chorasco Especial, special steak. And I'm still pairing it from Mendoza with vino, which is vino. The gift that you have given to the people of Chaco is timeless. Marcelo had been praying for years, advocating for years for a safe water well for the community that welcomed his refugee parents when they were vulnerable in an environment of extreme violence. Today, the people of Chaco are drinking clean water. And tomorrow, the children, and for generations, the children will be blessed by clean water because of how you celebrate Advent. But what is so powerful for me is that in the spiritual realm, our generosity transcends time. Somehow, our gifts are connected to the past and to the future. Our generosity also spans space. What we do here in Houston 
impacts the lives of children and families in Chaco. And how people live in Chaco somehow changes us. We cross time and space for generations after generations. But Jesus goes on and he extends this space-time continuum. He says that our eternal inheritance was prepared by God before the beginning of creation and that we will be richly rewarded by how we live and how we give. And Pastor Chris for years has been saying in Advent, we give our best gifts to Jesus. And I kind of think, how do you give gifts to Jesus as you anticipate his coming? And the scriptures answers that for us. In Matthew, the king says, and this is King Jesus, come here, my beloved, you people whom my father has blessed, claim your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you from the beginning of creation, you shall be richly rewarded. For when I was hungry, you fed me. And when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was alone as a stranger, and you welcomed me into your home and into your lives. I was naked, you gave me clothes to wear. I was sick, and you tended to my needs. I was in prison, and you comforted me. And then the righteous, the people, Ecclesia says, when? When did we see you hungry or thirsty or imprisoned or naked or alone? And the king responds, I'll tell you this, whenever you saw a brother or sister hungry or cold, whatever you did to them, you've done unto me. The answer to how we give gifts to Jesus is how we care for the least of these. And this is what Ecclesia does and has been doing for 14 years. But we not only give, we reside with. Ecclesia is in the divine story in Chaco, Argentina. Ecclesia is moving up and down the tributaries of the Amazon as the Shipibo and the Kondoshi people are drinking safe water because of the celebration in Advent. We're in Liberia that continues to suffer after a 10-year civil war when bodies of enemies were thrown into wells to poison them. We're with our brothers and sisters in El Salvador, which is gang-infested and violent. We're in post-Ebola Sierra Leone in typhoon-drenched southern India. We are in genocide recovering Rwanda. Because of Ecclesia, we are with 150,000 people in the hardest places on earth. And you know what is even more amazing is we are with God because 
We are a part of a huge story that God is writing and inviting us to participate with Him. His story. History. I would like to close with a, a minor motif. A tiny little story, it's a personal story, that's connected to God's big story. When I first married the intimacy of God with the enormity of His story. And uh, I remember this when I need courage to continue the work in a very difficult world, and when I need to invite you and encourage you to continue the journey. And this was 30 years ago. I had my dream job. I was working for the richest man in Ann Arbor, Michigan, the owner of Domino's Pizza. I was doing commercial real estate and new business startups. And this guy, Tom Monahan, was creative. And uh, he gave me a million dollars one day, and he said, I would like the world's largest nativity scene. He wanted to put Christ back in Christmas, and it was on the corner of two freeways. Hundreds of thousands of people would drive by every day. And I suspect he also wanted to sell more pizza. So we put up this two-mile-long nativity scene, lit up the farms, and 200,000 people came. They reached into their pockets, and they dropped change into buckets. And that money, $100,000, was pulled together, and we funded, in part, a water project in Senegal. And I was invited to go. And I was a young guy. And I thought, what would be cooler than going to Africa? And so, there's a picture of me here. I did what every young guy does when you're about to go on an adventure. I went to the mall. <laughs> and I got those precursors of the zip-off pants and the great big Serengeti sunglasses. And I spent a fortune on my expensive hiking boots. And I was off to this grand adventure. I had a picture of myself kind of like in a Humphrey Bogart movie. Those blue Mercedes-Benz, those really old ones, going through the desert. And what I ended up experiencing in the Sahel Desert was this Islamic Wolof tribe. They were desperately poor. There was an aquifer under the sand, about 200 feet down, and they had no means to access that water. And so we started drilling this borehole. And when water went higher than the mast head, the wolves started singing and dancing in their lives. They were changed forever. And I had an opportunity to go to a village that received water two weeks earlier, and the whole village was planting little seedlings. I went to yet another village that had water for two months, and they were showing me how these seedlings created food, and food was being sold for uh, uh, surplus, and that was funding school fees. And an investment in water produced health, produced education, and people were able to make a living. And in the midst of this, the gospel of Jesus Christ was being proclaimed in this restricted context. And what amazed me was that uh, this was impossible. 
Nobody could have strategized that Tom Monahan would put on a two-mile-long nativity scene and 200,000 people would drop money in the buckets, that money would fund a water well in the middle of the Sahel Desert, and this community of Wolof herders, lives would be changed forever and the kids would be going to school. Nobody could have done that. Nobody could have thought of that. We didn't have the internet then. It was impossible. And in the middle of this thought process, when I saw that God is writing the big story and he's inviting us into his story, it got very uh, personal and uh, emotional for me because I was in that story. I was not the big player, but I was in that story. I saw myself in that story. And because I was there, I realized that God must know me. And if I was invited into his work, then God must love me. When we are known and loved by God, when we are invited into his big story, that's both big and intimate, when we're invited to take along our friends, that changes everything. God resides within the community of Ecclesia. He invites us to participate in his large yet intimate story. And as we move into Advent and we think about experiencing the birth of Jesus Christ and we have the opportunity to invest in Jesus through the least of these, I pray that we would focus our hearts and be prepared for what God does through us. Please join me in prayer. Almighty God, thank you for being the author of life and for having such a big yet intimate story. Lord, I just pray that you would open up our hearts and unleash our imaginations and give us the opportunity, Lord, to make a difference in the lives of the needy through loving and serving you. And in this season, give gifts to King Jesus. I lift this up in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.